Blog Talk Radio. made 
based well just solely for the fact that this is uh, a somewhat not somewhat but this is a, a this is a dirty blanket basically for 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 Tom. You know, you you have right. an, an aging QB and a new offense. And, and especially the time period in which he may not be able to work out with his guys as much as he would like to based upon the, the, the current um, pandemic. Mm-hmm. The thing that will help that out right. is to bring in someone that he's going to be comfortable with. And um, to uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gronk's, you know, uh, 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 to Gronk's benefit, he's been out for a year. Or it could be to his detriment, right. either or, right? Um, because, of yep. course, on his way True. out, there were um, several complaints about him um, suffering several injuries. Um, yeah. If memory serves me correctly, I don't think Walking he's ever match. played more. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just a, little bit, a lot of it is not solely football-related. A lot of it is because of his activities outside of, of, of the football field as well. But this dude, sure. if memory serves me, he, I think he's only played one season of 16 games. But my theory is this. Gronk is not coming in as a number one option for Tom. He's no. security, yes, right. but not a number one option. So this could be a situation where Gronk doesn't necessarily have to play a full 16. If he could just give his, his 100% for however many games he can give and be there in January and February, and, you know, God willing, that would be great for the Bucks, and they get a win out of this. But you know if what? He doesn't. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was going uh, uh, <clears throat> to say, uh, Skip Bayless mentioned something earlier to today, which one of the few things I agree with him on. Um, mm-hmm. on, on, on Undisputed on Fox, on Fox Sports One, nine thirty to twelve. Um, <laughs> he mentioned that if. Yeah, he they ought to pay for like like for like uh for the shameless plug. Oh yeah. Um he I, I, I like I think if if Brady like I think this works well, really well, if Brady and Gronk assume the roles that that Brady had in New England with former coach Bill Belichick, right? Belichick mm-hmm. was the bad cop and um Brady was like was the guy who was like, you know what? Yeah, he's a pain in the ass, but you know what? If you follow his direction, we, we can win. I think if Gronk would have played Brady's role, if Brady was in New England with some of the new guys, his new teammates in Tampa, because I don't think Tom's going to be an asshole per se, but I think he's going to be a stickler for the tail. I think he's going to be – I have had very high expectations for his more talented teammates on offense, on the offensive side of the ball, and, and for good reason. You know, yes. O.J. Howard, if he's still around, uh, Cameron uh, Great, uh, mm-hmm. who I think is a very underrated tight end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans. I think as excited as they have, ought to have Brady there. Hell, they have to be. They have to be put with Jameis Winston for the past three seasons. Um, <laughs> but three or four seasons. But I, I, like, I think that Brady is going to come with some edge. He's going to really push those young brothers to work. On like like on the on like um on the perimeter, and I think that with Gronk in the in the building, Gronk is a, I think is going to be a good cop to Brady's bad cop. And I'm not again, I don't think Brady's going to be an asshole towards my like Bill Belichick, but I think he's going to be a stickler for the small things and implore mm-hmm. his new talented teammates to do the same. And I think with Gronk is going to be like, hey man, I know it's hard, but you know. We won championships like this, so let's just roll with it. I think it's going to be that guy, that bridge between Brady and the much younger uh, teammates and the Tampa Bay locker room. I think it will work great if they approach it that way, and I think they might. I think they just might do it that way because I think Brady and Gronk, especially Brady, I think they're motivated to to prove that they can win without Belichick. I think that will be the ultimate, ultimate uh, motivation and Gronk has one more year on the contract, one yes. more year for ten million dollars that the Bucks will assume. So he has one year to prove to them, to the rest of the league that hey, I may have been out of the league, but I'm still that motherfucker from the tight end position. You know, I'm still that guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a game buster. 
I think that still is, is all about, as far as the tight end position is concerned, I still think it's all about Travis Kelsey and your boy George Kittle. Um, but I think Gronk's going to be like, hey, don't forget about me. I was that, I've been that dude for a while, and I had spent a, a, a year away from the game. My injuries are healed, and I'm ready to go. And, you know, I think his presence will free up some space for the for the remaining wideouts and tight ends. Because who are you going to well, double? Definitely. You're going to double Evans. You leave Chris Godwin one-on-one. You're going to leave Cameron Great one-on-one. You're going to leave O.J. Howard one-on-one. You're going to leave Glock one-on-one. Are you serious? So, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's – it's, you know, I, I see this working. And, but I have one more thing before I turn it back over to you. But I do have concerns because, I mean, yeah, Gronk has been away. Yes, mm-hmm. his injuries have been healing, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's lost some weight, so he dropped some dead weight, but I think gaining back some muscle as we speak. But he hasn't taken a hit in one year. True. So, I mean, is his spidey system going to be the same as far as bracing for that hit? Um, you know, there's lots of unknowns with this, but I think it can work. It, this thing can definitely work if done you know, the right way, as I said earlier, as I mentioned earlier. No, I, I completely agree with you, and I know that makes for boring podcasting where everyone's in the yeah. and we're in the kumbaya mode. But that was the one thing I hadn't thought about in terms of uh, uh, coming in and being a buffer because, oddly enough, that situation in, in Tampa could have easily become something similar to what had happened. Kind of hate bringing up, you know, teams that I'm a fan of, but it, it could have very easily become the same situation that happened here in D.C. with the Washington Wizards and one Michael Jordan, where he came in yeah. actually as one that came in uh, 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 from the front office, but he was still seen as and still is by a lot of fans as the greatest basketball player of all time. And now you're, sure. you're wide-eyed when you're playing the ball with him, but he's coming in with a certain amount of expectations where he wants you to play at a particular level. And if you're coming into the situation wide-eyed and, 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 and you're not playing on what he hopes the level that he can play on, there's going to be friction. And that potentially could have happened in New England, but the, I think the difference is, of course, it's not just limited to five guys on the court when you actually have an offense and a defense. It's 11 guys. But, like you said, Gronk could potentially be that buffer. And then you also have a good cop and Bruce Arian, the head coach, that may be able to kind of curtail Tom Brady if he were to come in with that type of attitude. I mean, yes, he wants to win, and yes, we've seen him have it out with uh, the likes of Josh McDaniels and, and, well, actually not with Belichick, but more so Josh from the sidelines. And, yes, it's a possibility that we'll see that happen in Tampa. The thing is, to what degree and and whether or not that'll be an issue that they have to go through all season or Tom actually uh, starts to adjust. So, yes, it's a lot of benefits to this. And all of the detriment, the, the, the biggest detriment would be that they would potentially have to lose a young talent at that tight end spot to have Gronk come in and play. Because if Gronk comes in, sure. plays, and gets hurt, then you're down a talent at that tight end spot. Right. If they end up right. moving one of those talented guys and, the, and that one guy who everyone is leaning on is O.J. Howard. Howard because of the amount mm-hmm. of money that's on his books and the fact that he's Right. He has one year remaining on his contract. So he yeah. financially becomes the odd man out in that situation. So <clears throat> if, if he's forced to yeah. go, then that's the mm-hmm. hit that you take. But, um, you know, if, if he comes in and, and is viable, it's going to be completely dangerous. And what it also does, it doesn't put a lot of stress one Rodney Jenkins, the guy that the uh, the running back that uh, people were questioning whether or not Tampa needs to get a backup. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's either Rodney Jenkins or Rodney Jones. I want to say that it's Jones now. Um, 
Okay. Jones uh, 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 was actually carrying the tote for like 4.4 a carry last year. He he only put up a, um, 750 yards rushing, right. but he was a back that was capable of catching the ball on the backfield, you know, in limited time. Ronald Jones, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he was actually able to catch the ball out of the backfield in limited time and put up four, at least four, three, four, four per carry. So he's a viable bat, but chances are they'll probably end up drafting a guy late just in case they don't think he's capable of being the guy in the backfield for them. So, yeah, it'll having another talent out there will free up that running game, man. It just makes that, that offense that much more dangerous. But the key is, to me, going to be the health of Bronx and the arm of Tom. If last year was just an anomaly and we get the, the Tom of old, is just a sign of things to come, then it's something that you may be concerned about, even though they have a lot of talent around him. Just because you got talent, if right. you can't get the ball to him, it ain't no good. Right. And so here's the thing, though. I, I again, I, 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 I think this can work. Um, I think the Tampa Bay. You're going to see some quote unquote long time Tampa Bay. Buccaneers fans come out of the woodwork again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the last Super Bowl season. You're going to see them all come out. I, I think you have more Brady fans, you know, because this era of fantasy football, more, more folks are fans of players than all teams anyway. So I, I think you'll have the same people who were rocking with New England who wore those 12 jerseys and swapped them out for a bread and pewter jersey. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> – uh, uh, jersey. So – it's cool there. But think about this, man. Think about how hellified the NFC South is going to be this year. You got New Orleans. People forgot about New Orleans. They still have Drew Brees, albeit a year-to-year basis Drew Brees. It might be, this might be his last season. Mm-hmm. Um, with Alvin Kamara and that offense. Um, you, you got Matt Ryan still in Atlanta, underachieving assets, but he still got a time to quarterback and uh, to tell on 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 offense to go with them, and you got to rebuild a project in Carolina. But I really like Terry Bridgewater, and I love the fact that they took care of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they mm-hmm. got to find some people on defense. But that's that. Look how stacked that division is. I mean, wow! I mean, you got all four teams in that division have participated in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's the only division in football where I could say that. All four teams, except for the NFC East, that's the other one. All four teams have participated in the Super Bowl. With like with, with the Eagles, uh, participated in winning the, the the last one a couple few years ago. Because in the NFC East, you got what Dallas Giants, Washington, and the Eagles all went to the Super Bowl. So yeah, I mean you can say that I about the NFC East as well. Yeah, actually, you know, at AFC East, you can say that about them. You know, when you start out something that you think is profound, and you all say stuff to think about, oh, that just went to shit because to your point, the <laughs> NFC East, you said the NFC East, the NFC mm-hmm. West, too, because Arizona, the Rams, uh, Seattle, and San Fran. Yes, they have, football. yes. So, yeah, so there's more. And, 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 and come to think of it, the AFC West, let me just shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, what you, what, what you can't I'm say just realizing that, my mistake. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that about the NFC, yeah, AFC West as well. But the, the – the, the, well, yeah. God, you can't say about the AFC North because, of course, Cleveland. But the thing is, Cleveland, I yeah. think that's the only mm-hmm. division that has done it within the past 20 years. Okay, yeah. I'll most definitely yeah. give you – well, Tampa – is is right outside of that in '99, so right. If you want to say 20, 21 years, they've most definitely done it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other ones <laughs> I have to think of, but I can't think of off the top of my head. But um, yeah, like you said, you, you had this 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 newly be, well the additions to this Tampa offense, which was already high power last year. Um, mm-hmm. you have. The, the division winners from last year, the New Orleans Saints, who went through an interesting growth, even with uh, 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 one guy, Drew Brees, being out for five games last year. They were still capable of winning with their backup. Then you have mm-hmm. 
uh, Matt Ryan, like you said, in the Atlanta Falcons with Julio, Julio Jones and the additions of one Todd Gurley. So you have that offense, right. which could potentially get be, become rejuvenated as well if all both parties can stay healthy. So that division does become a little bit more interesting. The thing is, though, how interesting will it become if all parties are healthy? That's the, that's the thing that I want to see and, and, and want to see how competitive right. this can be because it can become a situation where it's first team to ten wins wins the division. And if someone can sneak out nine, then they can most definitely be competitive enough to be viable for an NFC uh, uh, playoff spot. So, yeah, this is, this, this, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun, to say the least. Yeah, it, it, it definitely could. Um, let's move on. We're going to come back to football momentarily, but I want to get in some time about some, some NBA since we have no NBA games going on. And, you know, which means that the last dance I could do on this past Sunday was a huge draw. We're just dying to see some, some sports, right? Even if it's yeah. archival. But one thing I took away from parts one and two is I forgot about the aura that Michael Jordan had wherever he went. So, you know, like when he went over, when they went overseas to play, I think to France to play France, French, Francis. Uh, it was the French team, yeah. Some of the French team. Yeah, I think because they, the French team won the whatever European title over there, and I guess you know that, I don't know if the NBA still does this with the with the World League within FIBA, but you know basically the NBA champion champions used to play in other champions around the world, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and almost pretty much almost always the NBA team will win, but you know which confirms the quote unquote world championship, but. It's just amazing how much aura the team that he had. But also, I knew that Jerry Cross, a.k.a. Crumbs, a.k.a. Fat Krause, if you were Chicagoan, um, <laughs> played a big role in ruining the team or breaking up the dynasty. And, hey, mm-hmm. look, I, this Knicks fan hated the Bulls so much, I was happy to see them crumble. But it would have been cool to see the Bulls, someone beat the Bulls, with their stars, you know what I'm saying? Because we didn't yeah. get the chance as fans to see, okay, which team is going to be this? Which squad is going to be the team that takes down the, the Bulls dynasty? We never got a chance to see that as as is. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get a chance to see an upstart team take down, um, uh, like 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 an upstart team from play from the Eastern Conference take down the Michael Jordan led, Phil Jackson led Bulls. We never got that shot. We never got that chance. We kind of did with the Orlando Magic in 95, but Jordan fans and Bull fans won't count that because that's not 23, Mike. That's 45, Mike. So that don't count. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right, whatever you say. The Bama was still on the court. He's still Michael Jordan. But, um, yeah, to your point, yes, Jerry Krause was the guy that was responsible for that breakdown. And it's weird because I remember um, being on the same car uh, at at the Atlanta uh, airport at the Hartsville Jackson um, with Krause. I'm like, dude, who is this short dude with this fat ring? And then I realized, I was like, oh, snap, that's Jerry Krause. But, um, yeah, now that you say that, it, it does put into perspective how elevated Jordan was, not just as an NBA player, but as a celebrity. And, yes, it was difficult for him to do a lot of the things that he, um, you know, wanted to – just for him to do regular stuff. When he went to do the interview on the French show and your boy tried to ask him for his autograph before the show and the handler had to tell him no because it was was the wrong time to ask for that. It It was crazy. But um, I will say this, Jordan's jerkness showed up in, in episode two when, it, when they talked about Scottie Pippen. I, I will say that. Yeah. There's just a lot of discussion on whether or not I didn't like that. Scottie, what's that? I, said, I didn't like that. I, I agree with you. I didn't no, like that. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it either. 
you know, um, I understood why Mike was upset because, of course, Mike wanted to win. But, dude, it's, it's, this is, I understand this is a game, but this is also a business. And for you to be standing up on the table for him to come and play, why won't you standing on the table to help him get a raise? In order for him to get that race, he had to leave Chicago and, and and go to where did he go to before he went, did he go to Houston? I think he went to Houston. I remember he, he did go to Houston. He had to get his dough in Houston. Oh yeah. So if 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 you were really really rooting for Scotty, you'd have been rooting for him to get that check. But no, you was more concerned about him coming out there playing and them not making it difficult for you. And I find it hilarious. Yes. I saw a meme because, you know, of course, all the Jordan memes and all the Jordan stands came out Sunday, and you saw all the greatness of Jordan memes and stuff, and one of them was, you know, Jordan has never lost. Well, a Chicago Bulls team with Michael Jordan on the roster has never lost more than two games back-to-back. Yes. But they sure was on that four-game losing streak on the road in the beginning of the season when they was playing Mm -hmm. 500 ball. But um, and, and that's for all those that, that try to think that Mike did it by himself. No, you got to remember, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls won over 50 games with Scottie Pippen in the year prior to Mike coming back in '95. Yep. Yep. So and, and Jordan tell you himself it wasn't just him. him. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and you know, and Mike could tell you that he he would have never won the title without Scottie. But this is not about putting down Mike. <clears throat> this is about everyone coming right. together and enjoying the NBA and, 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 and watching a very interesting um, documentary uh, about that Bulls team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what else comes out. All of the additional footage uh, uh, that they're showing behind the scenes, that's the other thing that makes Mike a, a, a jerk. Yes, excuse me, I understand Jerry um, Krause was responsible for the breakup of the organization. But to berate him constantly about his height and his weight for the entire season, probably more they than that, that man. man. They hated that man. They really hated they that hated man. They hated him. I, I and for good reason, by the way. Yeah, but I'm like, God, he, he, he was a little, little Napoleon. He had a little, little Napoleon, a, a, a Napoleon complex. He was a little fat ass. He was a smart ass too. So they I'm just like, totally up. disrespected that dude. Openly disrespected the general manager of the team. Openly. Openly. My God. But, you know, it it makes for interesting TV. And and I sure will be there to watch come next week uh, to to, to watch parts three and four. But, um, you know, when the conversations come up about Mike, if if anyone ever – and that's the thing I've been finding funny. Every time I've disputed a, 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 a Jordan or a Bulls championship um, the commentary, the first thing everyone leans on, mm-hmm. where he's better than LeBron, I never put up LeBron. The conversation's kind of about LeBron. But, you know, the, the, the whole right. thing about winning and losing, I, I, to go to nine consecutive NBA finals, only two people I can – well, only only two organizations – well, one organization and one player I can think of has ever done that. Actually, no. Right. I don't, I, the, 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 the Celtics never did that. The Celtics never went to nine, right? They, they won 11 titles, but there was that, that one gap year. But, my God, man, you, you get berated more for becoming number two than getting knocked out in the semis like Mike used to from 94 to 1990. And then again in '95. Yep. So, thank God, man. It is what it is. <sighs> yeah, but here, here's the thing, man. I mean, we can like, we can think Mike's the best and not hate LeBron. I mean, two things can be true, right? I mean, that like one yeah. player should not mean hating another player. I, it just gets me. They have these TV shows, Skip Bayless. Who likes to hate on LeBron just just because you're like Michael and vice versa with um, Nick Wright, you know, you know, <laughs> loving LeBron, hating on Michael. Just just appreciate the stars for who they, the legends for who they are, were and are, right? Enjoy enjoy LeBron while he's still here. Hell, I mean, you know, not many people like appreciated Kobe until his passing. Rest in peace. 
So just enjoy it while it lasts. Just enjoy it while you have it because either way, you won't see these legends again or anything like those legends again. No. Trust me. You're not going to see them again. Just enjoy it for why for you have it. I'm intrigued of like, what goes well, of, like at least more from Phil Jackson's point of view in the upcoming parts. I hope that they explore more about what was going on with, with like with him and, and Robin as well, Dennis Robin as well. So mm-hmm. again, it's stuff that we both remember because we're both dudes of a certain age. Uh, so we both remember the, watching the witness in the run, but we weren't privy like most other fans of what happened behind the scenes. So yeah. seeing this, Conklin, the last, the truly last ride of that Bulls dynasty, that is so cool. And I'm looking definitely looking forward to next Sunday for parts three and four. Um, so so that would be hella cool. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, but I will say this, though, real quick. So I will get, say this. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the documentary has has slightly changed my narrative about Jordan and his accomplishments. You know, one of the biggest things for mm-hmm. me was always the, the quote-unquote body count that Mike has in, in his success of winning championships. Sure. Okay. That 90s Lakers team that he beat, that 90-91 Lakers team that he beat, <clears throat> it was pretty good, but it wasn't the Showtime Lakers. Yes, right. Magic was one year removed from winning the league MVP, and he finished second that year. But no no, uh, uh, uh uh, 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 Pat Riley at, at the coach, and, no and that no Kareem, God, no AC Green one. I'm sorry, that Lakers team. Even though Magic Johnson was on that team, Mike ain't beat the Showtime Lakers. He, he I still will refer to them as the Showtime Lakers. That wasn't the same Lakers squad. But, yes, Magic was on there. But you don't beat individuals. You beat teams in the NBA. And, yes, he beat, that, he beat Magic. Okay, I'll give you that. But it's, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it puts one more body on that body count for me. But it's, it's still a very, very anemic body count, in my opinion, because those other guys, Clyde had to go. Let me remind those out there who are listening who have had these debates with me. Clyde Drexler had to go to Houston and become the number two guy, maybe even the number three guy, to win the ring. He couldn't win it as the number one in Portland. So remember that, too, as you try to say that Clyde Drexler did win the ring, but he didn't win one in Portland. Remember that, folks. So, yes. One year in Houston. Yeah, he went one year in Houston after – after <clears throat> after Houston won the first chip, the first chip in ninety four, ninety five season, um, when they beat my Knicks. Um, so uh, <laughs> I, I do remember that well. But speaking of Houston, this is one other age old and we're people are still gonna ask this question to Kingdom Come. To the mm-hmm. Cows come home rather. Would the Houston Rockets teams of ninety four and ninety five when it went back to back, would they beat Michael Jordan's Bulls if Michael Jordan didn't step away and doing those two seasons? See, at least, at least gun, for a season and a half. If, if you're putting a gun to my head and you're asking me this, my answer is yes. And now I do understand Ooh. that the way that you play during the regular season is completely different than the way that you play right in the playoffs, and in the finals. But the only thing that we can go off of is what their record was, what that Bulls team from 1991 to, what's that, uh, to 92-93 within that three-year span, their record against the Houston Rockets was a minuscule one in five. Mm. I didn't know that. Oh, I, 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 man, I when I tell you, I, 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 I got clips. I got bullets in these clips whenever people come to me with Mike Jordan stuff. Uh, I, 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 
I'm dug in in, in, in some, some stuff. Yeah, I, I got some stuff ready. That's that's one of my favorite ones is the, the, the infamous what would have happened against the Houston Rockets. I still believe, matter of fact, I would have loved to have seen that 93-94 Rockets team play against that Bulls squad, not the one after when they brought in Clyde Drexler, but the one where they had Robert Ory and, and, and uh, mm-hmm. what's your boy's name? Um, Vernon Maxwell and Mario Ellie, Hakeem Olajuwon, Max. and those guys. Yeah. Yes, when you had that younger squad and 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 a, and a rookie in Sam Cassell, and, and also Kenny Smith, having that younger version of that squad before they ended up breaking up that team the year later just to bring in Clyde, and then a year after that to bring in Chuck. I would have loved to have seen that team play against the Bulls because they would have stretched the floor with the three-point shooters and Cassell. They had a bunch of snipers. Uh, yeah. They had a lot of snipers. Um, and Cassell, Ellie, Maxwell, Ori <clears throat> at 6'10 that can shoot the ball. And then you, you spread in the floor and, and you leaving Hakeem Olajuwon down low? That Hakeem Olajuwon? With whatever centers you're you're putting down there with him, and which you know you won't foul him and send him to the line, he's making at least seventy eighty percent of those free throws. So you can't do that, right? And you ain't got nobody to match up with him. Man, I would have loved exactly. to have and, seen it. And prime Akeem in his prime, he was quick. Oh my Not God. only was the, the seven foot, but he was quick. He was quick. quick. Would have loved to have seen Ooh, it. He was quick. But yeah, like I said, that's that's the that only quick. that's. That's the measuring stick that, that we have is the fact that they were one and five against that Rocket squad. And that was before the addition yeah. of Sam Cassell and yeah. Robert Ory. So that was before then. So put that into consideration, too, when you're thinking about that. Matter of fact, I think they may have swept them the year that they drafted Ory and, and, and Cassell in that same draft. But, hey. What you yeah. gonna do? What, what, you want um Horace Grant to, 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 to chase around Robert Ory? I mean, he yeah, might beat him that. up a little bit down low, but on the offensive side, he got. Would you you chase him around? Okay, let's see how that worked out. Okay, right. So, or you want put you want you put yeah. Horace Grant on on a king? Okay, let's see. But yeah, yeah. I mean this. I mean, the thing is, if you think about it, okay, first of all, <clears throat> the Bulls had no big man to contest with Hakeem, number one. Hakeem, uh, no. number one. So let's get that out of the way. I'm just thinking about those snipers on the perimeter, and, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I just, you know, like to think about shit, you like to tend to like, get out and open. Um, yeah. But with Mario Ellie, Mad Max, who plays the defense as well. Tough guys in the perimeter. Robert Ory, big shot Bob. Um, who, who? I mean, the Bulls, as good as they were defensively, they couldn't claw the lane to stop a king. They had to guard no. the perimeter. Yeah. They had to guard the perimeter. And then if they did that, Kareem would have them for lunch. Get the yeah. big man in foul trouble. And if uh, if Horace Grant were to go down low and try to post him, or try to guard him, got him in the foul trouble, dude was just too quick. It was just too quick. And, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, well, well, I will say this, though. I will say this. An interesting strategy for the Bulls, now I've come to think of it, would have been to let Akeem get his and just take the snipers out of it. Now, I don't know how effective that would be on the long term, but, you know, that but that way you would have, um, like, say, for example, if, if Akeem, would not get get his offensive board. Like who else would have helped on the offensive glass for Houston if they're like on the perimeter? Um, so it would it would have been interesting to see, but I, I think it would have been a great series. Both both. Oh, most definitely. They would have they would have gone seven. I, I think that Houston would have more of an advantage with the second year because they had Clyde. So mm. Clyde could get his own shot as well. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, Mike would have gotten his. You know. Craig Hodges most definitely would have been a threat from the three-point line, most definitely. And yet, right. uh, Horace Grant would have given you a double-double, or at least a strong 17-8. and eight. Yes. 
But my God, having to stop right. that squad. That was a tough squad. Don't forget how tough that squad was. They Especially really the forget how tough that squad was. They yes. were hella tough. So, so you know, it, it, yeah. it is what it is. So unfortunately, yes. You know, you know. Unfortunately, we we, we didn't get it, and it's, it's all fodder for 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 discussion and argument. But <sighs> yeah, you know, I know. It is I digress. Moving along to the draft. Let me ask you this, because I think we all know that Joe Burrow is going to go number one to Cincinnati, right? But let me just ask about, you. Yeah. Suppose, mm-hmm. suppose, yeah, just about. So suppose this we were living in an alternate universe, mm-hmm. meaning that the owner, the Bengals, Mike Brown, was not such a damn cheapskate. He would actually hire a general manager. With a, <laughs> with a respectable scouting department. So suppose you were that general manager, right, in this parallel universe, alternate mm-hmm. universe, if the Miami Dolphins were to come to you, because we're on the street is Miami really, really, really loves Jim Burrow, but they know they probably, but they know they'll take a haul for them to, to get that number one pick. If someone comes to you, like the Dolphins come to you and say, hey, yo, you can have all three of our first rounders. You can have one of our second rounders, maybe two. I think because the Dolphins have two second rounders. I got to look it up real quick. But at any rate, if, if we came to you all with at least all of our first round picks, we'll swap our three for your number one and one of our number twos for the right to draft Joe Burrow, would you pull the trigger if you're the, the Cincinnati general manager? <laughs> if what was what was the deal again? I want to make sure I got this right. It, it was you said all yeah. of their one. It, let, yeah. So basically, um, let's just say like uh, basically, if if you if, if you're the if you're the general manager of the Bengals, and if the Dolphins mm-hmm. came to you on draft day or before draft day, because a lot of shit happens behind the scenes beforehand. Yeah. And tell and then tell calls you the general manager calls you and say, Hey yo, we would like for your number for your top overall pick for the right to draft Burrow. Mm-hmm. We would like to send you all three of our first round picks, the fifth overall, the eighteenth overall, and the twenty sixth overall pick, as well as one of our second round picks, uh, the fifty sixth overall pick that, that they had let to the last year in the draft they trip with the Saints, four four of those top two, four of our five top five picks within the within in the first two rounds for the right to acquire the number one overall pick from you. Would you do it? Yes. Yes. Most people that would exactly. Most people would. It's worse, bet or best the hall that. The Redskins gave away to the Rams to get the number two pick when they drafted RG three. So yes, I'm jumping at that in a minute. Mm. Most definitely, I'm taking that 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 deal. Um, the thing is, though, that that will be scary for me is whether or not <laughs> the, the the Cincinnati Bengals would be able to fill up their roster with enough with with the right talent. Uh, to to right. to help replenish that organization because of the, the 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 talent that they have evaluating talent that would be my issue, but my thing is, at those spots you would get the quarterback that you're looking for. Um, you could probably get an old lineman if needed. You would be able to yeah. get a running back at 56 if not that last spot in the first round. And, and this um, is why we see a rich draft. And you can go ahead and get you a, a wide out um, down there too, because you've already attempted to bolster your defense through a free agency, you know. So right. why not? If, if, if that would be the case, uh, I'm sorry. That's 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 the that's the big, that's the Dolphins that did that. I'm just sorry. I'm thinking about an organization that's actually trying to make moves. But no, if I was the Bengals, then yeah, <laughs> I would I would go ahead and and you know get the quarterback that I'm looking for. Get a wideout to potentially replace AG uh, AJ Green and, and play uh, opposite of him for at least another year. Um, 
they got the – I guess you would say they got their running back. But, you know, you can also use those last two draft picks to um, to, 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 to get help on the defensive side of the ball because that's most definitely needed. We saw how much they got torched. But, um, yeah, I will most definitely do it, most definitely. You know what? I mean, just look at the base. The Bengals, I don't know what guy in Mike Brown, who spiked Mike Brown's drink. He's spending mm-hmm. money. Um, I mean, he, they, they added DJ Reader, defensive tackle DJ Reader from the Texans for four mm-hmm. years, $53 million. They added Trey Wayne, cornerback from the Vikings, for three years, $42 million. The franchise, of course, A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they, they signed the guard Xavier Sufalalu. Yeah, yeah. That's another another time. And they they signed um, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, mm-hmm. another cornerback from 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 like from the Vikings. And you know they they're adding depth on defense. Von Bell from the Saints, safety. Josh Bonds, uh from the Ravens, linebacker. I mean they're making moves. And you know they need they have a lot of holes. I mean they got so ravaged for injury, so you might as well just use those draft picks, the whole draft picks, to replenish your roster with great young t- cheap talent. You know, Most definitely. And again, this is a this is a wide receiver deep draft. But you know mm-hmm. they they already signed uh, uh, what's the name the um, not Adrian Green but the other receiver um, Tyler Boyd. They signed into a free agent extension last season, okay. before last season. So they have talent. I mean, they could get themselves a tight end, a very talented tight end in this year's draft, maybe two of them. Um, yeah. Well, don't forget they, they, they still have that. Tyler Eifert there. I think Tyler Eifert's gone, though. I think he signed elsewhere. Oh, is he? Oh, wow. No, okay. season. I think they did. I think they did. So I'll check right quick, but I'm pretty sure that, that they did. Um but in, but but regardless though they 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 got all those had all those injuries they could replenish and yeah. you know they could really uh, make some moves but uh, and that's why I stress this is a, I mean this has to be a, 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 a an alternate universe because no Mike Brown's not going to move off the top pick he wants to burrow and hey that's fine that's perfectly okay but. You got to think of this from a long-term perspective. The Bengals need—they—they they have a lot of holes. They—they they were two and fourteen and have the number one overall pick for a reason. So yes, and, and yes, uh, you're right. Yeah. Eifert is in uh, Jacksonville now. Yeah. So, so there you go. And Jacksonville is going to be that strong second team for next season as well. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, here's here's the thing though. If you do, if you are the Bengals, if you are the Bengals, you, know, you pull the trigger. The next best quarterback is Tua. And so, would, the question is, will Tua be there at number five? I think he will, because I don't. I think the only team that had enough draft picks and reason to move up would be the Dolphins. So I don't think the Dolphins have to worry about the Chargers moving up. I don't think they have to worry about the Jaguars moving up. The Jaguars they have multiple first round picks as well, if I'm not mistaken. So. I don't think mm-hmm. Miami will have to worry about the the Jaguars. They'll have they'll have to haul that Miami does. I mean, three first round picks. Miami's still on top of gold mine. Two second round picks. They're still on top of a draft haul ammunition if they if they really wanted to use it. So it would be a matter if 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 if, if Tua will be around at number five, and I think that that they will. So if either way, I think the Bengals and Nationals would get to would just have a crack at the two best. Quarterbacks in this year's draft. No, I completely agree with you. There's a high chance that he makes it to five. You know, Washington doesn't necessarily have to to take a QB at that spot. And the way that they're sounding, it, it's starting to sound more and more as if they are. Well, that uh, 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 Riverboat Ron is sold on Dwayne Haskins, and that they they actually like yeah. the free agent pickup of Cal Allen. So they won't take a QB at number two. If they do, it'll be a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. The only in New yeah. York, the New York Giants, they have their QB in the future, and uh, David Jones that they drafted last year. The team that would surprise me would be the Detroit Lions because, of course, uh, Matthew Stafford is a little long in the tooth, and they may 
want to go ahead and take an opportunity to take a guy that they think they really like right now, but I doubt it. But it wouldn't be a shock if they did it. And then, of course, the Chargers is another team. What's that? Yeah. They got so many other needs to be trust, so many other needs. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. They they, they they really do. But, you know, the Chargers could be in in the in the um in the market for a QB. Detroit well not Detroit, I'm sorry. Uh Carolina. They may be in the market mm-hmm. for another Q B. You know, I don't know if they necessarily reach at seven, but it depends upon who's there. You know, if, if Tua is yeah. available, do they reach for Tua to go ahead and be the successor for uh Teddy Bridgewater? Who knows? And and then um it for the QBs at, at, in the top ten spot. Um, yeah, because after that you have Arizona who got their, their guy and, and Kyler uh, Jacksonville right. who got their yeah. guy. The Browns who have their guy. Jets got their guy. Raiders unless the Raiders really want to reach and they but they got more uh, spots they got to fill too. The Niners they got their guy. Have to do it. Yeah, exactly. They don't have to so you know. The only team I'd be concerned about moving up if I were the Dolphins if they, or the Bengals, and that's the dream scenario, they move down to five. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, because they have the ninth and 20th overall picks. They do. So if they have the ammo, they have the, they're the only team that have the serious ammo to jump up into the top five to draft Tua if they really, really like him. But the thing is, I don't know, they have two. With number one picks, I don't know if they have any second, any multiple second round picks, but I know they have the ninth and the twentieth overall pick. Jacksonville does, but so basically, if you're, so basically, I say all that to say, if you're in, if you're out of Cincinnati or Miami with the fifth overall pick, chances are you don't have to do anything. Tua's going to fall right to you. Yeah, because said I keep calling them San Diego. Well, hell, San Diego. They should be in San Diego. San Diego. Um, they pick sixth after Miami at number five, so I don't think Tua is going to get past Miami. They shouldn't get. He shouldn't get past Miami. No. And, uh, yeah. So either way, and that's in that scenario, Cincinnati will get one of the two top quarterbacks in, in the draft that they took the haul from the Dolphins. So I don't think many people here in Cincinnati will like that. But hey, <laughs> you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, but do you think any, like, like uh, what's the name? Um, how do you feel about that Justin Herbert kid? I'm not too high on him. He has the measurable physical, physical measurables. But to me, he reminds me of another Josh Allen. Dude with all the measurables in the world, didn't really do all that well in college. Even though Herbert's last year, he took his team to the Rose Bowl. But still. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he it's just it wasn't all that accurate, and he was he was talented, he was decent, but it doesn't scream. I mean, to me, that's a huge drop off after Burrow and Tua in this year's draft. So, as quarterbacks go, and that's the funny thing because they've been talking up um, Herbert as as if you know there's a possibility that he may be able to leapfrog over Tua in the draft. No. The thing is, I haven't necessarily no. seen enough of him to say whether or not he can or can't. The thing that is to his benefit, of course, is to his injury history. Now, whether or not you right. want to go ahead and, 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 and gamble on it, because they say, of course, that he is healthy. Um, the thing is, though, if he is capable of playing in a, in a manner that doesn't necessarily put him in situations to, to re-injure himself, you know, then he will be a, a great asset to whoever drafts him. The thing is, though, it, it, it'll all be <clears throat> a contingent on who drafts him, you know. But, um, right. oh, man, with, with, with Herbert, man, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know. And then it also depends upon where he goes. Is it a situation where he'll be, he'll be thrusted into the lineup come week one? Will he be able to sit for a couple of weeks? Or... Is it going to be a situation we'll be able to sit for an entire season, or at least, at least the bulk of it, before he goes in to get reps? That's also all right. pending on where he gets drafted. But yeah, it, 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 this draft is really, in, in my eyes, a crapshoot 
basically after the, the third pick, we don't know what happens after the third pick. The number two pick, as as much as everyone is leaning towards Chase Young at number two, it still could be a situation where the skins bypass Chase Young, but it, it doesn't really seem that way. And it really seems as though that uh, Detroit is leaning towards the Okuna kid in the number four spot. That's the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 the Jets right. aren't taking a QB. So, yeah, it, it's, it's all about who's going to be willing to trade up in, into those those top four spots if that happens. Because if not, once, if so, that's where everything gets, gets funky and things will go in the whack. Uh, but if not, man, one through four might be just, you know, Burrow, Young, uh, uh, Okuna, and whoever the Jets get at, at four. And then after that, if they get that lineman, um, was it worse? If they get him, then then after that, mm-hmm. that's all. All right. All right. So, so who knows? <clears throat> but, you know, it's, Crazy, but it should be very. It should make for a very interesting draft tomorrow night. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, it should make for a very very interesting draft. Um, people be watching from everywhere. Um, so let's get you out here on this, man. I wanted to say this next step, this last segment, just for you, since you're the graphics designer. All these jersey changes, these jer- these yes. new jerseys. We talked about Atlanta. Tampa and Cleveland. Did we talk about Cleveland last week? Maybe not. Um, uh, but Cleveland changed everything early this week. Okay, so we talked. Okay, so we talked about Tampa and Atlanta last week. Mm-hmm. Cleveland unveiled theirs. It's not really new jerseys. I mean, they're the same fucking jerseys. Essentially, Actually, I mean, they're, they're it's just that. I mean, I mean, from early in the nineties, that was the jerseys they wore in the nineties. It's that, that, that it's, skinny it's ass strip, that. the same shitty ass helmets. But you know what? That's it. I'm such a fan of simplicity when it comes to design, and, and I uh-huh. love, love, love that uniform because when I see it, like I, 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 I said it before on the show, a certain I don't I don't even have to think twice. Like I could I could, I could be I could squint. And, 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 and be colorblind, and I see that uniform, I'm, it's either going to be them or, or Penn State, but I know it's going to be one of them too. And it's just certain uniforms in, in, pro, in, in football that are just iconic. When you see them, you know it's them. And it's always going to be them. Cleveland right. does that. Penn State right. does that. Uh, uh, Notre Dame does that when they're not doing nothing weird. Syracuse um, should do that. Syracuse should Syracuse do that. Syracuse is like that. You know, um, Carolina kind of it falls into that boat uh, until they do that that eyesaw pattern, and, and that kind of throws me off. I mean, I get why they do it, but it is what it is. Alabama is like that. You know, the, the Raiders are like that. So it's just certain teams, man. When when I see it, I see it, and I, I respect it, and I like it. And when they went ahead and added the whole Browns on the side of their leg and Cleveland on the chest, I thought in and, and the drop shadow number. I wasn't necessarily a fan, but coming back to to this version, you got goofy, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have fun like with it. this version. The thing is, it ain't new. <laughs> we've seen it before. <laughs> yes, we've seen it before. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who are like, "What's the change?" I'm like, "No, there is a change from the last craziness that they were doing, and it's back to what right. they were doing, which I like." But you know, I I I like the Browns going back to what they were doing. The Patriots, I don't know what. The, I mean, they, they say it's 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 revisiting something that they've done, and it's like kind of like late, uh, uh, right before, right right in the, it, it's kind of like the early period of them going to the Super Bowl in the in the '90s. It, it's kind of revisiting that a little bit. Not necessarily a fan. I'm not necessarily getting excited about it. I'm not doing backflips. I'm not crazy about it. It is what it is, but. You know, yeah. Um, they just the Atlanta love the thing, jerseys. The, uh, which one for the um for the for the Patriots? Patriots. 
Yeah, that's that's why yeah, that's, they, they fell in love with all those. Navy, right? Those are going to be the main ones. Those are going to be the main ones for the home team. Like those all blues, the pants yeah. and the tops with the skinny ass uh, stripes. Yeah, that that's going to be the the main home jerseys going forward. And uh, yes, it, yeah. the road jerseys will be an integration of that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You know, excited about it. It is what it is. Um, but how about the actually, I know I can't. I love the Chargers. The Chargers. I love the Chargers, man. Oh I man, I love those Chargers jerseys, though. I'm, I love those, man. Somebody must have called Nice and Smooth the rap group up when they were designing <laughs> this up because this is how they take the old to the new, the new to the old. Yes. The old to the new. The I want you to go ahead and do your research if you don't know about that. Because it's a, a perfect combination of that old look from all of the color schemes, including the Navy, because they also have an all-Navy color rush version along with yes, the, the powder blue as well, the mm-hmm. lightning bolt with the uh, the number on the side of the helmet. So it has that vintage feel, but it also has a contemporary – it has that vintage look with a contemporary feel. Which I thoroughly enjoy. So I'm going to be interested in seeing how that actually looks on players. But uh, as of right now, man, I'm, I'm I'm in love with it. And I know I came on the show before and I blasted Atlanta in their unis. I mean, we both did actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it yeah, does I look did. like the, yeah. the longest yard uniforms. Yes, ha ha, still funny. But. Um, I got a little bit more appreciation for it, but I'm still not a fan of, of the numbers on the on the, uh, on, the, on the on those unis. But yeah, this is the fact that there's a lot of new uniforms that have been brought out um, this off season with the, the Patriots, the Bucks, the Chargers, the Browns, the Falcons. I almost want to say that there was one more team that has a new uniform change as well. I just can't think of who it is off the top of my the head. The Rams haven't announced it yet. The, the Rams haven't announced theirs yet, but it's going to happen either tomorrow night or Friday after, ah, after okay. the first round. I but let's check this out. Oh, some website I forgot what the mm-hmm. website is. They people speculate that there's a let me do a Google search because I talked to you about they they're speculating that there's a leak for the Rams. Um, uh, New Jersey's. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, uh, how it's going to be is there's, there's talk that they're going to see like um, um, a go. What's what would a uniform color, a dominant home uniform color that we hadn't seen before, and they hadn't seen in years, several years, like going back to the fifties, and that's the gold uniform. Mm. They, 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 there's a possibility that. Their uniforms be have a gold home jersey, uh, and yeah, as their main uniforms, and um, you know, and I'm trying to look to see. Okay, I see it here. I'm trying to get the website. Um, uh, where is it? Shoot. Okay, I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, and, and, and this is rumored to be the uniform, and I think it's a zone Graham's the Rams wired, uh, com, and this is a fan art, but but it's basically saying that um, it's it's by it's from Behance, B E H A N C E. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's what they they think that they're going to pay homage. The gold uniform be paid homage to nineteen thirty eight Cleveland Rams. Um, Interesting. You know, just going back to their tradition because you know, when they open up this new stadium, they want to be all traditional. Some of to the Chargers want to be very traditional, like in in, in their look. Which, I mean, the Chargers just did it right. They they did this. So I, I love the Chargers uniforms. Um, but but at any rate, uh, yeah. So you go to just do a Google search for Rams, New Jersey, and Behance. You'll see it. And you know that gold uniform. The gold uniform doesn't look half bad. I mean, it looks old school, um, but it doesn't look all that bad. But if you have your co-tenant in the Chargers, who just knocked it out the park with their jerseys, it's going to be a tough effort for the Rams to follow. But I completely forgot the coach. Um, that's the other team that revised 
their uniform. The coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and their yeah, um, yeah. secondary logo. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The what they did was the they, they changed well. the numbers. And the numbers, with right, me, right. the numbers are equally as important as the uniform and color usage. Um, it's very reminiscent to the old Cowboys number style that they use. And actually, the Colts used to use it back in the 60s as well. So it's, it, it's, it's very much so paying homage to the old Baltimore Colts, which is something I can respect. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be very intriguing to see what the Rams do. Because, remember, there's that huge kerfuffle um, with the logo that they were going to use. And then, of course, the fact that they tried to steal the logo for the Wisconsin State Rams. But that's another situation, and I digress. Um, when they sure. released the logo and then decided to be like, nah, we're not going to use it. So I'm trying to figure out which logo are they going to stick to along with the new uniform that they're going to unveil whenever they release it. Right. So we'll see about that. So sure, as soon as the Rams logo comes out Thursday or Friday, tomorrow or Friday, I'm sure you're going to have some thoughts. I'm going to have some thoughts. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, until the, until, until, I mean, we got a lot to talk about next week, though, either way. So between that and the draft, so and oh, the yeah. uh the documentary it's parts three and four, so Yes. Keep it light, man. Stay safe and fun, as, like uh from the Rona, as always. As as much as I can, man. You know it's gonna be a busy weekend for me watching these HBCU guys to see where they get drafted and where right. they end up going yeah. as undrafted free agents. So this is gonna be very interesting. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of storylines in terms yeah. of HBCU and the draft that's going on and, and stuff that I'm gonna keep an eye mm-hmm. on as well as seeing what happens with uh, the rest of the league. So, yeah. You got it, man. Take a light, man. You'll do the same, bro. All right, peace. That's my guy, D. Nash. Please check him out on the yard. So, that's HBCU Sports. That's all, that's about all things HBCU Sports. As well as Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. Thank y'all for tuning to the podcast. This is Scott Burke signing off. Uh, please stay safe on the coronavirus epidemic. Please, as all, if anything, stay safe and stay your ass home. Until next time, 06.